Iba, Olodumori, eni to da ile aye ati orun pelu gbogbo ohun tin be ninu won. Iba gbogbo orisa o, Iba lodulodu. Awa se ba lowo alaseku ke je ki ba wa se. Ase. Aro gbogbo eni ti ba npo awon oduwo won yi lati mu won lo lona ti o to ati lona ti oye ki asima sisi eda ise yi ni ona miran yo wu yato si ilana ti a fi gbe kale fun ilo siwaju esin wa ni o ase nibayi auki ese fa bi meji meji ni oju odu merin de logun bere lati ori eji ogbe Alafia and welcome another edition of Sister Queen's Rise and Shine. Here we are on this 12th day of June. And sure enough, it's sizzling up, sizzling up. What an evening of discussion. It's been a full day, a full day. And um, sad to say, as many came up into this day with the terrible shootings in Orlando last night. <clears throat> we ourselves uh, are, are sitting out in our car outside of the reception for uh, a friend that goes back 30 years. She and I share a grandson, and yesterday I was at my granddaughter's, great-grandmother's funeral, and, you know, it used to be a minute when we went to a funeral every now and then, maybe once a month, maybe once every season. And now that I'm maybe three and a half months in two to three funerals every weekend, that struck me to put to put this to put this show out there where um, instead of having a specific guest, I hope a lot of my good friends will call in this evening and um, and reason, you know, what time is it, you know? I kind of felt like coming into this show, I wanted to put on Michael Jackson's Wanna Be Starting Something because that's all I've been thinking like the last three days trying to catch my breath really through all of the parts and the roller coaster of emotions that we're doing. Yeah and and so just to even get around that. But I don't I don't want to go down that train too fast. I want us always to hear um our Oracle and uh, we did just speak with uh, her grace Ifa Shade and uh hopefully she will be calling in very, very shortly here with uh, a message from the Return to Spirit Oracle, which we have used since the beginning of the year in January when we began Sister Queen's Rise and Shine. And um, interestingly enough, it always is very, very much on point. Brother Ken, how's your week been? Oh, my week's been you, hectic. There you are. My now I can hear you. My week's been hectic. Do you follow the the, the astrology? I was going to talk a little bit about that because I didn't hear until after last weekend that we went through this grand cross 
on the dark moon in Gemini. And I kind of felt this energy that we're in now where things are really accelerated and really intense. I'm sure it's quite intense still for the city of Orlando, to, you know, even this afternoon, not even 24 hours into that. But, yeah, I felt this intensity coming all week. Hey, 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 you know, you got to remember Muhammad Ali passed. You know, Muhammad Ali was a big hero of mine. You, uh, like, you. Even, my family and I had debates when I was a little boy. I met Muhammad Ali when I was 12 years old. And yeah. let me tell you, you think he's big his life on, on TV. He's, right. he's a big, I mean, he over, he, he, he hovered over a room. That's how big his wow. was. Wow. Uh, and I, you know, when he left, that was what I thought was that I never got to meet him in person. But, but you're right. Every time I have ever seen him anywhere, you know what I mean, from Cassius Clay on, I felt like that big, huge presence. Really, I was very aware. You know, Friday was the day that they were having his – I was just very aware, like a Mandela, kind of like – the world shakes, you know, like a, kind of like a prince. <laughs> Some people right. even like the world well, shakes, that, you know. He was a king. But you talk yeah. about kings and queens, that brother was, and, and you know what? We lost a lot of bad men over the years, man. And, uh-huh. and hopefully the next, well, I mean bad, I mean bad means good, you know, <laughs> for the audience that doesn't know what I mean. But uh, it's, these, these 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 brothers that 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 left and went to the ancestral uh, kingdom, man, it's like they they left some big shoes to fill, man. It's like ten people got to fill in one shoe, you know. Yes. Uh, that's how very used. Uh, the musical talent of Prince left. I mean, these were just talking about uh, 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 going to funerals. All these people, you know, a hip hop big star of. Uh, uh, of uh, well, Q-Tip and uh, Fife, you know, he, no, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of good guys, good brothers, yeah. you know, yeah. have left us. I think, I yeah. think your person is here. I think your person oh, is Oh, wonderful. Here. And they all put their mark on the world, you know. I certainly thought yeah. as Muhammad Ali left, you know, and Prince, too, and David Bowie, too, you know, that – these kids came along and thought they knew an icon, but the fact of it is, is like, that's exactly what we're going to talk about this evening. Where's that kind of courage gone, huh? I mean, Cassius Clay just didn't even, he just didn't even hesitate. He was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to the draft. He didn't even hesitate. And, 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 you know, you know, basically black brothers right now, they'll talk a lot of game right now, but back in those days, Black men wasn't so quick to talk to the mic like that. It only took a Cassius Clay. I mean, that brother just, he just, was, he was dauntless. There was just no backing down in his world, and that was like a Malcolm X. But, you know, some people come to the world, and they're going to say what they need to say. So, yeah, wonderful. Well, I'm glad that um, Her Grace is there, and we can hear the oracle before we get, because you can see I'm highly fired up about this subject. <laughs> so, we'll just, <laughs> yeah, yeah good evening. Allow me. Yeah, you're great. I want you. Sure, sure. Thank you. It's up to, you know, we want to wear titles, elders, bishops, and all that, you know, but it's up to us, man, to train our young folk 
to realize what lies ahead of them. It's not mm-hmm. going to be. And our young folks are called the. Besides being called the millenniums, they called the privileged generation, and 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 they think things going to be given to them. Our young brothers and sisters have to be prepared to fight emotionally and mentally, not physically, but emotionally and mentally. If you fight physical, if that's what they want you to do, so they can put you under the jail in Colorado, the federal prison, or put you on the uh, uh, on the terrorist list just because you're speaking out, get some injustice. I'll let you go on with your show. Well, I thank you for that because it's kind of the setup because a lot of people wonder how we move from, like, the violence we saw this morning in Orlando to um, powers and tools that won't land us under the prison jail cell. It's time. You know, we've come into this this paradigm now where we have to shift into the tools of the divine, the God-given inherited from our birth tools. And so that's what we definitely want to talk about tonight. Now, I guess we have just given the best setup ever for the oracle. I'm like, I have, I'm tingling wanting to know what the card is now <laughs> because we just covered a whole bunch in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. How are you? You're great. Um, You're good. Yeah, I'm well, thank you. I'm well, well, thank you. Good, good. Um, the card that I pulled, when, when you was talking, I was like, oh, wow, the card that I pulled was gifted. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. This card is a reminder that you are most certainly talented, gifted, and skilled in every special way, in a very special way. It is time to stop looking outside and comparing yourself to others. Your gifts were never intended to function or work exactly the same as another person's gifts. By looking at how others are more gifted or better than you, you are unintentionally sending out energy into the universe, which says you are less than. This action is the very thing that is blocking your gifts from developing to their fullest potential. You cannot compare yourself to anyone else. If you see greatness in someone else, it's because you hold the quality of greatness within you. That is how the world mirrors ourselves for us, by seeing ourselves in others. This card can also come if you are experiencing fear or apprehension about sharing your gifts with the world. Underlying this fear are beliefs and doubts about whether you are enough or good enough. The Spirit is asking you to start addressing those beliefs immediately. Sometimes our fear of sharing our gifts is the very thing that blocks us from discovering how we can best use it in service to others. In either case, the gift card comes because you are doubting yourself questioning who you are as a person or whether you have anything of value to give. Your gifts, your unique gifts are very needed here on the planet. Spirit is asking that you place your doubts aside and start to cultivate self-worth and personal value. You were given certain gifts because only you could bring them to the world in the way that you do. Trust your soul's wisdom in choosing the path you are on and the gifts you are here to give. And that was gifted. Wow. Awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I was thinking as, as you know, uh, uh, I mean, not that I didn't take a piece of that for myself, but I have to say oftentimes when you've shared from the Oracle, I've always, always felt like it was very personally speaking to me and to, and to anyone really listening to the show. And, and this evening I felt a little bit like that was really for the outer ring. Like, and, and I immediately wanted to go to both you and I who kind of like in the school of hard knocks had to come into that card 
to survive, really. I yeah. mean, you know, you're, you know my story. I know your story. And in the Absolutely. last, what, six months or so, you know yeah. what I mean? There was just no more looking away from what the gifts were we came to bring. It basically is, is what moves us from one day to the next. I mean, am I wrong? Exactly. I'm certainly oh, no, saying that absolutely. for myself. I'm, I'm basically asking whether you agree, but I know in the case of myself, that would be true. That would be true is that yeah. it, it becomes less and less about what I think to do or what I want to do or even what someone else has asked me to do and more about the gifts inside of me that I know would be pleasing to God today to do. And exactly. I get up and, and yeah, really, and that is really, really, really the case. You know, for a minute I thought it was like a part of aging and, <laughs> and maturity. Just after a while you, you humble yourself to where you're like, well, it doesn't really matter as long as I please God. But really, it's so sketchy. And and as I wrote um, the promotions this morning for the for this show, of course, uh, you know these things. You wake up and all this has happened in Orlando, and you know I have a a, a granddaughter down there at a basketball camp, not even forty five minutes away from Orlando. I mean, she flew into Orlando, as a matter of fact, in order to even get to the basketball camp. So you know that was like a little too close. And and the idea that we even sit in our homes hearing these headlines go by and go, mm, that's so soft. You know, and we think it's so sad, but it's just not in our, at our front door. So once again, we've been spared as if it couldn't be us, but when in fact it could. And and what I wanted to this year to really um, address this evening because I think and you know um, I think it was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah, Feeney's um, reading of the year. I listened to it. I listened to a lot of different ones at the beginning of the year. And it was in hers that said, you know, we've come into the year now that if you find yourself still talking about the problem, <laughs> you, you should step into the solution because it's either one or the other. That's just how clear it's going to get in 2016. And I thought about that a moment. And, you know, just here in weeks recently, I've been taking in a lot of really good stuff that people are doing and, trying to move forward, believe it or not, and yet and still I see how we almost drag each other down into the problems. It's almost like, I don't know, it, it, it's like when, when foreigners are around you and you don't speak their language so you don't say anything and you're not a part of the conversation, it's kind of like that if you speak too much positive. It's almost yeah. so foreign to most of the people around you that they have to, like, choose a negative something so that they can be in yeah. their familiar comfort zone. That's got to change. Yeah, I'm asking you over to see. Yeah, that, that, how do we change it? Now, now that that happened for us, almost like a spiritual metamorphosis, because, again, I know your story, you know mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We didn't have any magic wand, so to speak, and even though we are both women of serious ritual and ceremony and we do um, stick real close to our ancestors, and we could give people prescriptions like that. But, you know, I want to talk about those kinds of things this evening. What are the actual hands-on tools for even the smallest negativity in our lives? Because we just need to be about the business of removing it. You know, you have to want acknowledge that you have um, issues that need healing. Because, you know, for the most part, it's healing across the board that people need to do, and they don't even realize it's healing. You know, you thought negative for so long that you don't. You think that's normal. 
You yeah. know, before you think of a positive statement to say, you'll think of something negative first. And that's, it, it seems like it's everywhere. But a lot of people don't realize it starts first from within. If you can't feel the, the love within you, you're not going to be able to project it out anywhere else. Yes, and, so and, true. And, you know, and that's where it really starts. You know, you've got to love yourself enough to say that I want to change. And then to do this type of work, it takes discipline. And when, you know, most people are in that thought process of negativity so much, the discipline, the, the things that would need to discipline themselves, which would be to mind their own minds before they speak, yeah. they're not willing to put in that time. Because, yeah. you know, you could stop yourself from saying something negative. It's like, you know, a habit. It takes yeah. time to create a habit. In order yeah. to create a, a positive mindset, it's going to take the habit of doing that. But it takes you consciously thinking about what you think or monitoring your thoughts so you don't bring that out. But, you know, you've got to create another groove, you know, of positivity. And it's, and it's not easy when you've been doing it, it for so it many is. years, you know, 30, 40 years of uh, negative thinking about mm-hmm. yourself and everybody else. It's, you know, yeah. it's a hard um, task. But it's not impossible. Like I, you know, yesterday, like you said, this card gifted was like perfect. You know, mm-hmm. when spirit wants you to uh, have an impact or an effect on other people's lives, they'll put you in a position to do so. Even yes, if you're not ready will. for it, they will it's place it. you in there. And yeah. uh, I, this is what happened to me yesterday. And I had the opportunity to speak to an elder about mm-hmm. her situation and her life. And she really didn't like herself. And I said mm-hmm. to her, you know, the only way it's too late is when you're lying down dead. The fact that you're yep. breathing, you're walking, you're talking, you have, you, we're communicating, right? It's not too late. I know you've had 40, 50 years of thinking this way, but the fact that we can communicate and you can understand what I'm saying, it's not too late to change yourself and change your mind and love yourself. Yep. So, you know, you know, they say, you know, I mean, an old dog, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's not true. It nope. just takes discipline and the willingness to want to help to see a change. Do you know what I mean? And so so that's where I'm at now is helping people to so think about thinking correctly or how to think correctly. You've been taught so many times on what to think but not how to think. And that's the most part, you know, what, what keeps us caught up in the, um, the negativity. It's so Absolutely. easy to stay in that space. But, you know, when you know and how really to think hard. correctly. It's really, really, you know, and, and I think when we say hard, not kind of like lifting pounds or weights, but but the fact that it is so second nature and because, um, you know, for a thousand reasons, I mean, not only the inputs in our own homes and our own families and our own experiences, and then you have on top of that the added television, the media, fear mm-hmm. this, fear that, or fear this, or fear exactly. that, you know, and then you have all of the world disasters and climate change and the list goes on and on and on because I know last night as I was going to bed I was doing exactly what you just said and you know most evenings I will will set an intention about going into the dream time really no matter how tired I am those last few thoughts as I'm you know, just drifting off. I always think I wanna, I wanna go visit some place ahead of me. I wanna go, I wanna go, I want, I wanna just surrender to God or surrender into the dream time where I can go and be shown some things of what's ahead of me. You know, to do or or yeah. or you know, yeah, just like that. And last night I was, you know, I just had so many 
um, thoughts, and most of them negative worry, worry about this and what about that and what if this and what about that. And, and so people don't really equate that kind of in the, in the negative realm, but it is. Worry is certainly negative so. and it's certainly stressful. And, and the idea to have that conversation with yourself where, like, no, I'm not going to. We lost, we lost ear, and um, okay. you continue to um, say what you were saying until she get back on the board. Okay. No, well, like I was saying that, you know, it, it takes time, but it takes discipline to want to change um, your mindset and, and really learning how to think correctly. You know, uh, you get taught how to, you know, everything in school, you get told what to think all these terms, but they don't tell you how to think to bring about the changes because, you know, when it comes to manifesting things, okay, yeah, what I'm you back. think about, you bring about. Yeah. It's, it's, interesting. it's interesting because right across the Facebook today, a friend of mine uh, who is a Caucasian and uh, some posting went across and said, you know, black people, you need to build your own schools and teach your own children. And so I said something or I shared and passed it on. And so my good friend Jenny Wing, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing this story. She, you know, she's a wonderful grandmother of five children of color. And so she was like, oh, I don't, I don't agree with that statement because what is that saying? Like, I can't teach my own children. And I'm like, no, Jenny, <laughs> that's not what it said at all. <laughs> and so then uh, uh, another one came across with Morbius, you know, and he, I love his. He said, well, what if I told you, you know, that basically everything you ever taught in public schools was not true. And people went to great length to dress it up or rearrange it so that it worked for their government or for their country. And so I went back and I said, see? This is it. This is the point where people of all colors and all cultures are being asked to become responsible for how their children are taught and what their children are taught, rather than assuming that you sending them off to some public school uh, curriculum, which is totally against anything you really believe. And not only that, these are strangers that maybe you didn't make it to the open house, so you don't even know the teacher's name until the, kid, until the child tells you, but you just must assume they have the same values and discipline system that you do because off your children go for 40 or more hours hours a week, mm-hmm. and they absorb it and absorb it and absorb it, and then we arrive at the place that you and I are now. Wow. All the way to an elder, and, and you finally come face-to-face with the fact that you don't like yourself. But you, but you got this long, winding road of experiences and inputs and external stimuli that's gone in to cause you not to like yourself, to cause exactly. you never really to have the conversation with yourself about what it is that you like that God created inside of you that actually you're in love with. And it's not like mm-hmm. anything that anybody else has. And so I was just wondering, you know, as we're pushing through, and I do feel that some of us are are pushing through. I know um, yesterday when I was attending the uh, the funeral of the matriarch 
of uh, my my firstborn granddaughter's clan, the Cheneyfield clan, Big Mama Margie Baraturon. And and the preacher gave it to them live with truth with no chaser. He did, he did. He took them scripture after scripture after scripture and said, Christians, now all y'all raised your hand and said y'all love God, but do you know that God himself has said you cannot love God if you don't love your neighbors, your friends, the people next to you. How do you do that? How do you determine that you love something as big as God but you hate the person next door? How how there's not a two plus two equals four. That doesn't even weigh out. And and it really, I'm I'm really intrigued by it myself. I, I am. The further that we go in the selection year with the divisions mm-hmm. and the divisiveness just between, uh, you could say, the Republicans and the Democrats, but it ain't even that cut and dry. I mean, it's a thousand mm-hmm. things, you know, yeah. and, and people go further into it, you know, with with what they are negatively impulsed by and then those of us that kind of feel like we can't we can't do this we cannot in good conscience pass this down to our children or our children's children so how do I take on a Trump? You know, and I look at the people, Black Lives Matter, I look at the people who say, well, we're going to go in the Trump rallies. We're going to try to make a difference. We're going to try to have our voices heard. And violence ensues or or whatever they want to say. I don't know whether they want to blame the people over there, you know, with the ISIS thing or who they're going to blame or just somebody who didn't love gays and who wanted to just take out what, I mean, what started this morning as 20, I think is now almost 50 people. Uh, that that transition just simply because uh, a man's hatred went overboard, went 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 out of bounds, and, and so what is the conversation? I guess I'm asking those that are listening that maybe haven't yet quite made up their mind to hit number one and 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 be unmuted and and jump on into this conversation of what is it that is going to pull us into the solution. There has to really be a solution. And while most of us say God is love, love is a, a better free flow system, it really is, than hate, I don't think we have any tangibles. And that's why I love really starting out this conversation with you, Your Grace, because, you know, you and I kind of know some of these things that from our culture, I mean, in particular, a walk in the woods or passing sticker bush, uh, bushes with thorns over us or, or traps mm. over us uh, to just remove us from, number one, from things that we find ourselves entangled in that we don't yeah. want to be entangled in. And so I don't know. I'm going to ask because I have the ability to do that while you're with us. If you would share some, I've got a bunch. I know you have a bunch, but share some of those um wonderful medicinals or remedies or or rituals that you do when that negativity around us that, that we live in but we try not to let drain us, how do we shake it off or, or move it off? What what are some of the things that you use to remove negativity? Oh I it's going within. For me it's going within. Mm-hmm. I have to meditate. I have to um silence all of the stuff that's going on around and in my mind, I have to silence it. You know, apart, you know, besides the, you know, the baths, you know, take some spiritual baths and um, cleaning yourself off and walking in, 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 in nature. 
because yes. the I, I didn't realize how much nature speaks to you when you listen. And mm-hmm. they have so many signs and signals for you to let you know that things are going to be okay. You know, yes. I, I remember going through one thing and uh, I was devastated at the time. I was like in shock. And just as I was pulling up to the traffic light, a white dove flew past my car and landed on the, mm-hmm. on the side. And that just mm-hmm. gave me peace. At mm-hmm. that moment, it just gave me peace. So I know that in nature, nature speaks very clearly if you're willing to listen. And so that's why, you know, to, to, to slow down the rambles of my head when I'm getting in a lot of negativity or that's surrounding me, I, um, I relax and meditate. And, and that seems to, yeah. like, relax me and dissipates anything that I've accu- accumulated in my, especially in my solar plexus, because that's where I feel it the most. You know what I mean? And once I've allowed that to go, you know, it's, it's a lot more peaceful. But it's quieting down that mind because the mind will take you wherever you want it to go. And if you allow it to, it will continue. So I have to slow that down. It's so that works for me. Meditation. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to agree with you on the nature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like people are amazed at, uh, you know, my life in tents and teepees. This is an outdoors, but every morning I wake in it, I am so reminded by just that of, of this what an opportunity to just listen to the conversations of the birds, and particularly if you mm. if you if you come into consciousness a little bit before the sun has come up, just their excitement for the new day, and 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 people say, well, you can't you can't talk bird language. Well, actually, in the year of the coyote program, over you know, I know many people who do, <laughs> and yeah. so bird languages, it really they uh, I promise you, like at least six gatherings, particularly Earth Skills gathering. My good friend Fuzz. Sanderson, I hope he's going to be at the Four Tribes for Peace with us, Luke, Learning Deer. I mean, these are gentlemen that you could be standing anywhere out in nature with them at any time. The birds are talking, they will tell you exactly which bird it is. And if they listen for long enough, they're going to tell you what the birds are talking about. Okay. That, okay. That is amazing yeah. to me. And how did that come? No, they weren't at home like with what is the the Rosetta Stone series. No, they didn't learn it like that on a recording. It actually comes in nature and long times in nature where you can tell, oh, food has been spotted or a bird is in danger, a predator has come, and, 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 and one group of birds is warning the other group of birds. They actually know what happened. This is amazing to me. And so, yeah, or on a windy day or a breezy day, you know, just the trees themselves can speak. And and who would know that? Mm -hmm. Who would know that out of the people that's on phones and text messaging and in the machine world all day? That's, you know, they they listen to us talking, they're smoking something. But it's the truth. <laughs> it is absolutely. It is. They have so much. They they in the Native American um, tradition, they talk about the standing people and the, mm-hmm. the the rock people that have so much information. They've been around for so long, but if you just take the time to just tune into that space, you'll be surprised at how much information comes to you from that from that realm. And I just think it's lovely. Nature has the answers for everything if you're, if you're willing to listen. But um, and that's, you know, it's kind of why I'm hoping that um, people who 
Um, you know, like I know the Earth Skills Tribe will be one, a lot of people, some of the performers, you know, they keep saying to me, well, who are the four tribes? And I say, well, it's just basically the four uh, colors, general colors of the races. I mean, you have millions of tribes of two-leggeds. And, uh, you know, I'm really hoping that some that that's not their norm, being in the woods or particularly for four days at a time where exactly that happens. They get to wake up in the morning in a tent or whatever and and just listen for a moment. Listen to a day that didn't start with the television or didn't start with the phone or a text message. Just listen to the day or get up and just be enthused to go out and say, well, I'm going to go sit over by the water. I am going to sit at the root of this standing person and listen and and you know I wonder often because I do this all the time I have more conversations with nature than I do probably with humans and 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 largely because you know humans can kind of let you down humans can have a whole weight of woundedness and deception and all kind of issues going on mm-hmm. that nature does not nature does not you can have the the clearest cleanest uh, uh, I say exchange of of energy because that's what it is, you know. When we say, yes. "Are you talking to him?" Well, no, you might not hear it in words, but just like that dove that passed you, the energy that came in, that peace mm-hmm. that came in, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so yeah, people just have to have more and more and more of that because the way to, you know, it's like the old people used to tell you in the in the light there is no darkness at all. And so if you stand at half in the dark and half in the light, you might can't say that's true. But the further you go into the light, the more that that is true. And it's that way with uh, peace. It's, it, you know, in order to bring peace or be the peace that we want to see in the world, oh, we're going to have to stand front and center in it. We don't get to stand Absolutely. on the outside of peace talking about hope we can get some, you know. No. And yeah. uh, I've been thinking about how how to really bring that in in the four tribes for peace gathering in the fall in a way that um, you know those experiences that we have and like we really don't even get the whole gem of the experience until probably two or three days later, and then and then it yeah. all occurs to us. It's kind. Of, I think it's gonna kind of like be like that. <laughs> for a number of people that attend because we're planning some games for the soul. Uh, we're certainly going to do a lot with the movement of music. We invited uh, uh, DJ Floyd from Precise Science on to speak with us tonight. Um, if, he, if he has time, everyone's schedules is also busy, you know. And then I think that, I don't know, I won't say they're afraid of these kinds of conversations, but again, as both you and I have said, they are foreign. And and this is not familiar territory to be able to talk about where do you need to be in within yourself in order to for peace to emanate from you, and not yeah. just when things are calm and cool and you have enough money and all the bills are paid, but critically when something takes you off your edge like you know last night after going to that yeah. funeral and I just can't even tell you it's a it's a, a a huge family you know when a big mama goes like that man like half the church is all her family <laughs> she's mm-hmm. been on the earth so long you know and so that was huge and then bless uh, my my granddaughter's heart the day before she had been to the funeral of a 
another cousin in that family who got shot in the face dead, and she had to go to the hospital and visit the other young man. Some kind of drive-by, one died, one's in the hospital in critical condition. And, you know, so I'm at, this is where the negative thoughts as I'm laying in bed really tired trying to go to sleep. And I, all I can think about is when I was 19, this was not the story of my life. And, and this is my mm. granddaughter, 19, that's had a week like this and, you know, how to do it. And so in the midst of trying to do that, um, her phone ring, is ringing my phone to tell me, and, and it's my daughter, Mom, Mom, um, the, police are, the police are behind me, and I don't know if my license is okay. And so she was really, really kind of edged over in that in that fear space. And, of course, you know, which one of us can say that you just don't have that fear? You know what I mean? After Sandra yeah. Bland, we are, you know, that's the first thing that goes through my mind now, really. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it really is. It's amazing. I mean, I never had a, a big love for, for men in uniform with guns, particularly when we figured out that they were more deadly than they were here to protect and serve. And, and, and yet when Sandra Bland happened and, and then we had a thousand more Sandra Blands whose name was never actually even, their names weren't even told. I think one time I saw it go by on Facebook and they must have had 30 or 40 young women that actually disappeared or died <laughs> in police custody. Mm. And they just, yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Does anybody think about things like that? So now suddenly when I see a blue light or my daughter calls me like that on the side of the road, yes. And so in that very moment, what we're talking about, and they call me, give thanks, I was sitting out on the gazebo with my ancestors. And they said, now you're not going to sit there and panic, are you? And they knew, of course, with my little grandbaby Chloe in the car, and she had another, her niece, and her niece's little baby, he's really a baby, not even probably about six months old. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And all she could tell me, because the policeman wouldn't let her stay on the phone with me, hello. And so all she could tell me was that she was in Allendale. Why? Because if last heard from, like, at least your people know where you was last seen. You see what I'm saying? And so right in that moment, though, I I just can I just can confess the truth just like this just confess the truth. I said okay now I know that my daughter speeds and there had to be a reason for for them to stop. But let's make it that that's all it is that that's all it is whatever it is she they're not going to take her to jail and leave my my four year old Chloe on the side of the road with the little girl with her baby trying to get home from Allendale and sure enough that's what happened and you know part of Part of, I think, how things go to the left or the right is what we stand in in the moment. The very thing that you're, you're talking about, I'm talking about, is that peace, the old people used to talk about, that peace that passes all understanding, and we mm-hmm. have to have that peace inside of ourselves. That peace really doesn't come from side of us. Not at all. It, it, we were born with it. Look how peaceful babies are. We were born yeah. with it. And until we start taking in all the fearful, traumatic, tragic um, noise of life uh, in in our homes or as we go off into school, we would we would never leave that piece because we really are born 
in that state of peace. And um, again, to those that I salute them, I know many of them, they don't even have televisions in their homes. <laughs> they don't have televisions. There are a lot of those kind of stimuli and input that they do not allow in their sacred space. And you can immediately tell the difference in the, in the company of their children than you would children that are uh, bombarded, is a word, <laughs> bombarded. Yeah with all of those inputs um, every minute of every day. And even when their eyes close, the machines are still going on in the room. This is an amazing thing to me. You know, I grew up an entire childhood, and never once was a television left on in our house when it was time to go to bed and people say goodnight to one another. People say mm-hmm. goodnight to one another, like they, uh, you know, we, we all sat at the table to have the evening meal. This is a, These things are rare. Occurrences now. Well, we were just talking about it in here the, at the reception in here. How you know? I mean, a couple of years ago at Growing Power, uh, we were we were planning some of food cultural spirit event, and we were like, how can we really get people to connect more to the foods of their families, the foods of their lineage, their family trees? I thought, well, oh, you know, at Thanksgiving, everybody comes along with auntie or grandma's recipe for this, that, and the other, and this is how it's done. And so we uh, broached the subject, and there had to be at least 50 to 60 people in the room, all young people. And we talked about how we wanted to move the tables that were in the cafeteria into a nice big open circle kind of square thing where we could all look at each other and pass the biscuits and peas. And the young people looked at us, they looked at us like, we were, I don't know, Martians, like we had said, like we were speaking a different language. And when I saw how they looked on their face, I was like, so surely you, some of y'all have done this. I mean, I know it's busy schedules and people come and go in the house right now, but, you know, birthdays, Christmas, you know, holidays, the, the family eats together. And they were like, our families never eat together. I've never done that in my life. People who were standing in front oh, of me, wow. 18, people 18, 19, 20 years old that had never shared a meal with their family at their home table or in a restaurant. Oh, that's awful. Okay. It's what sad. is that definition of family? You see, no judgment, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying no. Yeah, I'm just saying though, when you realize that everybody has a different work schedule or whatever, whatever, then part of the gifts that we give each other on birthdays or holidays is to actually sacrifice anything that would take us out of the presence of our family. To mm-hmm. just be present with your family is number one. And literally, here was a room full of people that didn't that, that had never had that experience, and so therefore, then you couldn't hardly talk to them about what they had missed because they had never had this experience. So they wouldn't even have a reference point to what you were trying to explain to them was the connection or the type of family bonding that goes on around a, a dinner table. I don't know what we do to get that back. I know we are going to have an ancestral feast at the. Um, 
at the gathering, and many of these are skills, things we go to. You know, people go off and mm-hmm. some sit by the water to eat, but there are picnic mm-hmm. tables where groups of people actually enjoy sitting with people that they haven't seen, you know, for six months or three months, and, like, nothing, nothing like it. We look forward to the real time for just that reason. We're going to get to sit and be present with people that we don't see that often. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So you know I, what? I, yeah. Sorry. When you were talking about the ancestors, that was another thing that uh, when things don't feel right or there's negativity, mm-hmm. that's another thing. And that's one thing that everybody has in common, whether yeah. they understand it or know about it or not, is they have ancestors. And if they knew how to, to call on them and speak to them for guns, because you know what? Whether we know it or not, the spirit world has so much you know, they have so much. Um, they have so much that they do in this world that they're not. Um, people are not aware of. But to call on them and ask for their assistance is just literally making that connection. The same way as you pick up a phone and make a connection with a call, it's the same thing with your ancestors, and that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for people to connect in order for them to help because they're there. They're waiting, and so that's really the other thing that true. I do. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing that I do is I call on yeah. them and I talk to them. And I find a yeah. peace when I know that, you know, I have thousands and thousands of my ancestors surrounding me. I feel like, you know, I'm invincible now. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing can trouble me exactly. because I know that they've got me. Exactly. And, so that's, and the thing you know, about that is, is that like last night, I mean, that's exactly. I had just finished a conversation with my ancestors. was why I could probably switch gears that easy. And it's the same thing. And I thought about just what you're saying. I said, you know, tomorrow night on the show, I'm going to share with people. Because, of course, we always talk about ancestor veneration and, you know, keeping an altar and a shrine. But at base level, to really understand the energetics, that energy never dies. The physical flesh may stop, but that energy never stopped. And so when I say to people, yes, technically, we have been given the knowledge and we have been gone, we have gone back into the spirit world to where, yep, just like you make a long distance phone call, we make we make calls like that all the time <laughs> to heaven to the people who raised us. Why? Because the people who raised you aren't going to tell you wrong. Exactly. Not wrong. And so you might get a lot of opinions or thoughts mm-hmm. from people around here that look at your situation, but the people who can see ahead of you, behind you, under you, and all around you, oh, there's, there's nothing more uh, solidifying for me than in the words that they tell me. And sure enough, they put it on yeah. the line, and it takes time to develop that skill again because, you know, we have filled and filled and filled our being with these distractions and all of the busyness of the busyness of the busyness. And so actually Mm -hmm. there's no room to hear on that very fine level. But so it's a discipline, and I was noticing that as uh, in the uh, information that Astro Risha put out this uh, 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 around this time. Yeah, did you just read that? And then she said, you know, self-disciplines, if we're going to get through it, it's going to be because of the self-discipline. 
And the discipline to be quiet, the discipline to say, I can do without my phone today. I'm going to leave it in there on the charge. And I don't have to have my phone today. Is there anything that I have to have my phone for today? Or I'm not going to do the sound of my voice today. Maybe, maybe, you know, because of business or something, you've got to, you know, text this one or pay attention to notices or something, but you don't have to call a soul, nor do you have to take the calls of anyone. Because if mm-hmm. you determine, if your discipline determines that you're having a quieter conversation, that is equally important, if not more important than the conversations you'd be having on the machine, you would do it. And, you know, I'll just say that from uh, much of the teaching that we have done with many young people um, uh, of all, I will say, of all different nationalities and all different cultures that are estranged from their parents or their families because they were not raised in uh, family, community, or village where trust was automatic. You know what I mean? Many of them are recovering from molestation, from just all types of abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. And so, no, to say to them, oh, now that this person has, um, you know, transformed their energy and dropped their physical being that housed a lot of that negativity, they are in pure light, and you can trust what they tell you is true. A wounded person can barely hear you talking. They can barely hear you talking, let alone actually believe that to be true. I tell you what does my heart good is when you do have those conversations with people who who have not had that cultural exposure or have not, and yet there uh, it recently happened with a, a young Italian uh, a gentleman that I work with, and it just amazes me because. He, you know, well, his daughter in custody, his daughter was on the line. But as he moved through the different steps that we gave him, he's there now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like he just open and he gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, when a bobcat passes or he and I were talking about, you know, he was really at the edge of this and he's trying to work through. He had some estrangement with his father and trying to work through that. And so we gave him, of course, the medicine of, you know, when it is that your father didn't meet your expectations, not even by a long shot, and now you are a father, that gives you the opportunity to father your father, which is amazing, or or to read up on what are the attributes to be the loving father, what what is that like? And maybe your father is in need of that to heal. So it was a long conversation, and Deer came up in it. Don't you know about two days later, he, he texted me back and said, yeah, I just saw a deer. And, and actually it was a deer that had been hit, and, and, he, and he gathered it up from the road and brought it in and cleaned it. Somebody came and watched his daughter so he could do that. And next thing he knew, it was a whole big family feast. Neighbors came over, mm. people he hadn't even met yet all came around the medicine of the deer. And so, you know, yes. And so when it is then that, you know, and that's the other piece I think, yeah, that we can, we're not sharing something that we made up or we read in a book yesterday. We're we're actually sharing stuff that is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. Um, And the indigenous people never tossed it away, worked for them with less 
with much less. And I've said that I've said that to a number of young people. I said, mm, that's just not going to hold up here, boo, because <laughs> we come from people that didn't even have not one iota of the advantages you have, okay, not one. Yeah. Not, not, yep, not a microwave, not a phone, not a fast-moving car, not any of them. And they got more done in a day, and they raised more kids than you. You know what I mean? So that's, it's mm-hmm. not going to hold up. And you say, well, how'd they do it? Well, what, you know how they do it. Well, it must have been uh, locked up in that thing. Faith is the substance of things not seen. I mm-hmm. say that to people all the time. I don't think they get it. Like, if you could see it, we probably wouldn't have to tell you that, right? But the mere exactly. fact that they told you that you couldn't see with the naked eye these things, you could see it with your spiritual eyes, you could see it or feel it with your soul, but no, you're not going to see it with your naked eyes. And then again, some of us do. Yeah. And then again, some of us do. Again, when we take the time to practice those gifts. See how we're back at that card? That was such a great, <laughs> it always is. Yeah, no, it yeah. always is the exact perfect card. And and, for, and to say to a, a person that, you know, has no idea that they were really born with these this level of gifts, well, what else did we think was going to get us through these times? When the laws fail us, the bills fail us, you know, the people who are supposed to be here to protect us do not. Those are the very ones that we fear now, God help us. And, and, and then you don't know to what level people hate or dislike you. Well, do they hate or dislike you enough that, you know, I mean, I went to my husband's church up there the other day. Oh, it was a funeral. That's what I went for. I went to my sister-in-law's funeral. I hadn't been there in a minute. And, and sure enough, you got a no guns allowed sign on the on the front of the church. And so, you know, these are the types of things that we're going to have to ask ourselves the hard questions, have the hard conversations. Yes, it does come between people of different colors, different cultures that were raised differently. Some of us had good experiences and some of us had horrible experiences. But because we operate out of love and light that we want to carry forward, doesn't that like gird us up and give us everything we need to at least be okay to have the conversation, which is what I was hoping we would do tonight. I guess it is what you and I are doing. We'll see if anyone else calls in. But I, that's, those are the conversations that, you know, like it or leave it, I think I'm going to really implore people to begin having them. Mm. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. And, and encouraging one another. I, I had this... Uh, you know, I never thought of it, but someone along the way was telling me about the breakdown of the word encouragement when we pour courage inside of one another. They said, when was the last mm. time you poured courage in another person? You encouraged them. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and, and that's going to take a bit of doing, you know, kind of we've been in this world where, Folks feel like, well, just tell them whatever they want to hear. Just say it's okay. Even though you know it's not okay, just say it's okay. And so we've gotten real callous and careless about, you know, how much we need the truth now. We need the truth. We don't, yeah, we don't need any, you know, sugar water or diluted lemonade. Like you need full strength, full strength, truth. 
now. And and that's yeah. what I was saying to uh the daughter about the school thing, you know, the pitiful thing about that and that and that is my only uh, objection largely with the public school system is there's just not enough truth in the mix, okay? <laughs> And so, mm-hmm. and and the and the sad part about it is all of the people who think that it is actually truth. If the truth were slapping them in the face, they wouldn't recognize it as the truth, because they've had yeah. the fake and the false for so long that that has become their truth. Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. That is you so know, sad. Mm. it is. Yeah, it is. But again, I don't think that. Uh, divinity or our ancestors left us here in a no-win situation. I'm always thinking that every situation is an opportunity to learn something, to grow, to do something mm-hmm. better than you did yesterday. And no, maybe it won't come easy. In fact, it might even be painful or ugly, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to learn something from it or yeah. that, the, or yeah. that there's an opportunity to grow. Exactly. And I think, you know, with um, with that, what you're saying with gifts and stuff, when you start to work on yourself, you'll be surprised at what um, spirit gives to you as a gift to share with the world. Because one thing that I started to learn about is, you know, when you've got angry people or uh, upset people or just miserable people, when you understand what makes them like that, you start to take away the judgment of them being in that way because you know what? Yeah. Not everybody starts off that way. But if you can yeah. take it back, if you can if you can take it back to, to understanding what makes people do the things that they do, then you have a you have a mode of how to heal. Because that's yeah. what the majority of this is, is people need healing. Yeah, and don't even understand that they need healing or even put it in the equation that the, the way that they're acting with so much anger or so much negativity is because something inside them from when they were young needs healing, you know? Yep. And yes. and that space um, alerted me to understanding a lot of negativity that's come at me from people. It started from, to allow me to understand them on another level instead of, you know, feeling, okay, you're, you're hurting me. And for me, instead of me retaliating, me stepping back and saying now, Hurt people usually hurt people. So what in turn has made you hurt so much that you have to in turn try and hurt somebody else? If I can understand that, then I can understand a way of trying to help you heal. And you know what? When you see, if you can see that in one, you can see that in all. And that's one of the gifts that I see that is starting to come out is the ability to to understand what makes people do the things that they do without the... The, the judgment that makes you, makes people get defensive when you start to judge people about their behaviors. But when you start to understand it, it takes all that away and it puts you in a space of wanting to help. And it's, it's helping true. with truth, as you say, because all it is is truth. Everything yeah. that, you, that you need to know is truth. And like I said to the lady yesterday, the thing is you're going to learn the truth one way or another in life or in death. And the fact that yeah. you're living right now, you want to know it now. Because yep. you don't want to learn it when when you're in death, because it's too late for you to make any difference while you're here. So, yep. you know, that's what the proverb says: either you learn the laws in this world, or you learn them in the next. Yeah. You know, and in the next world, 
you know, then there are things that you may, depending on what you believe, uh, we as Europe believe, well, you might have to get the opportunity to come back and redo them because you just mm-hmm. didn't get it. <laughs> you just didn't get it. As hard as life tried to bring you to the lesson of getting it, you just didn't get it the whole time you were here. And you leave without getting a lesson, and then you find out that you come and you come back. It's like so many things when people say deja vu or they go through stuff and they say, I don't know something about this. I just feel like I've been through this before. And, well, probably you have on some level, you know, probably you have. Yeah, but I think that's a – and that helped me. And, you know, I don't even know when that shift happened, but it happened a while ago, and it's kind of like – since uh, when I, we became initiated to Arisha and at that time, who was shocked but I to hear that we would become a teacher of adults. <laughs> because up mm. to that point, you know, we had been mostly really involved with kids, summer camps, uh, you know, three daughters of my own, Girl Scouts, you know, just young people. And so I looked at the Babalawa and I was like, really? Wow. And yet, in order to, I think, the the greatest gift or tool that I have to be able to teach, or in, in my word, it's not really teach, it would be to reveal, because I think people come with everything they need, but sometimes another person has to come along to kind of help reveal that to a person, even about yeah. themselves. And what you're speaking of is, is that point that really helped me a lot <laughs> in the areas where I just was short or didn't have enough patience or, like, whatever the behavior or the action or the words were from another person. And I thought, wow, man, that sucks. You know, and then when you get into that that, that immediate emotion, it's really an emotion that would cause you to say, what would make them do that? Or what would make them say that? You know what I mean? You really go into their pain body in that Mm -hmm. moment, and sure enough, that opens the door for a level of compassion that is very necessary. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah, we grew up being chastised or disciplined or whatever you want to call it, and so somehow or another, I, I guess that made us feel like we had a license to whip that out on other people when they did not do or say the things that we liked or approved of. And the fact of it is that you don't have that license, and more and more, in fact, you're going to catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. So it's best to see where that lives in their pain body so that you can go right in that place to really help them facilitate the healing they're in need of because that's what's up. That's why those words or those actions came up. They came up to be healed. But if nobody recognizes that that's an opportunity to heal, then we all miss it. You see, we all miss yeah. it. It's not just that other person over there. You say, oh, well, bump them, you know, all right. And you walk away. Well, guess what? So you you had nothing. You had no gift to give. Wow. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Back to that yeah. gift card. You know, and I always thought about yeah. that. What really inspired the three wise men to walk across with those gifts for Jesus? You know, why did the old people always say you always come bearing gifts? You never come empty-handed. You always come bearing gifts. And so... And that's not always just something you bought at the store. 
you know, come bearing gifts is like you come with also the gifts that are God-given to you. The gifts that you have inside may be of more value, actually, than anything that you could buy to give another person. I mean, giving another person and or the world the gift of truth, of being in your truth or stating truth as you see it, I think that's mm-hmm. invaluable. That don't even have a price tag. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that don't even have a price tag. Much mm-hmm. more valuable. Well, it's a it's an interesting thing. My mind went across the um, visit of the Oni, and and while we're on here, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I guess kind of in the same, um, in the same lane. Um, just uh, the experience that we've been through with. Uh, the Oni's visit to America, and for those who don't know, the Oni is kind of like the Pope of the Yoruba people. And so when we understood that this new uh, Oni, a uh, young man that has uh, filled the shoes of uh, the elder uh, Siwaju that we knew uh, as we came into a fuller understanding of Yoruba culture, uh, was planning the trip to America. We thought, well, oh, wonderful. And, and, and down in the village, we got all excited. And then we went through this real political drama because, you know what, that's what it will teach you is that nowhere you look on the globe is the globe free of politics. Nowhere. <laughs> and so we got into the political drama of, um, you know, where part, partly on, on, on that side over there in Nigeria, I'm a good part over here with the United States government and what they would do for him at, during his visit and would not and does so and does so and does so. But at the end of the day, uh, the crown of all Europe and North America would have to make a decision after, you know, publicity and things like that were already made about the only coming because, you know, the integrity of our king and, and our word was on the line. And so that was the question posed. Well, okay, if you have teachers over there in Oshogbo and you're worried about meeting budgets so that they all get paychecks and this, that, and the other thing, and that's going to cause you to, you know, take six or seven cities off of off of your uh, your travels here in America, we can't understand you know, why in the world the little African town been there all these years that the very seat that you sit in has coronated not one traditional king but now two, like that would be taken off. And so that was a blow, kind of like these things we're talking about here when we want to think the best but the negative hits us. And Mm. I tell you, uh, it's always good for me when I learn from young people. Um, my grandchildren, yes, but even those in their 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s, I've learned amazing gifts from my daughters, and no, lo- and no less was was the the revelation, I guess is the best word that I had um, in watching our king move through this. And finally, I forget what, I think we were on a call that the Alba was having a meeting there with people in the village in preparation for what is now Odudua Festival next weekend. And, And he said very plainly that from the culture of America, we have learned that when you perceive that you've been done wrong <laughs> or you the victim of somebody else's whatever, 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 um, are you taught that the way to respond to that is to lash out or to show your anger or to show your disappeal. And uh, I was just so quick to say that's not our culture. 
<laughs> that, just, yes, that, that is not our culture. Our culture says that in that moment we are being taught something and it is best to choose humility. Okay? That is what you do. And so mm-hmm. now for that reason, we then will have an Odudua festival and we will continue to pray and say the Orikis and uh, ask the Orisha and the ancestors for the blessings for our Holy Father, whether it is his physical presence makes it to our gates or not. And, you know, in a lot of circles, that's huge. You know what I mean? Like that goes beyond turn the other cheek or be the bigger person or, you know what I mean, which which people find it incredibly hard to do seemingly. But that takes it to another level. And I, I brought that up because... Um, it kind of came up when you were speaking about that part of us that looks inside the hurt or pain of another person that's lashing mm-hmm. out or acting out or is ill-mannered to see that, see what's missing, see what's hurting, see what is screaming out to be healed, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And even in this cultural, political, whatever, whatever, I continue to say it remains to be seen. <laughs> It remains to be seen, but something came up to be healed between Africa and the Africans in America. And I don't think that the fullness of it will be revealed in the U.N. or in the White House. And so we're just going to see how it goes. You know, this is the point where the old people will say, well, watch and pray. (laughs) But if people got to the end of a conversation that they didn't have the answer for, they said, well, watch and pray. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it will all be revealed. It will be revealed. That is, that is what we know, beloved. It will all be revealed. And, and the same would be true in the Hillary uh, uh, sense of it, you know, that as far as the whole time I felt really bad for Hillary because, you know, when you're in your own level of denial or your ambition or your thirst or hunger for power, um, just, just, just rides you to a place where you believe things that that a thousand people are standing around you, looking at your slip hanging, but in your world, your slip is not hanging. Okay, and you go watch and pray, <laughs> watch and pray. And so yeah. as soon as this, um, you know, have you have it, the the media people that have been bought to put out there that she has won the nomination, then you have as many people say, oh, no, the indictment is right around the corner and these lawsuits have been filed and so y'all can either deal with it now while she's just a candidate to be elected or you could actually deal with it while she's in the White House if that's what you choose. Mm -hmm. If that's what you choose. And that's, you know, for me, that's another peace in this conversation with with people is that you are going to do the work and you are going to get disciplined. I think we said that earlier on. Now, either life is going to do it at its convenience or you're going to surrender. You're going to to volunteer and go now (laughs) to get the lesson because it will be less painful and probably less embarrassing, you know. But 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 I think that the a big hurdle of it. I'm I'm thankful to have your your thoughts on this subject. A big hurdle of it is 
that moment of recognition, of awareness, when people who hadn't taken the time to think a thing through or had never, because a lot of people, many of the times, and that's the only one thing that I know when I see the spirit really moving between myself and others when I, quote, unquote, am teaching or sharing, is that that aha moment that happens in people's eyes and the expression on their face like, Wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> Just that simple. Mm-hmm. And then many of them will say it. They go, wow, I never thought of that. You know, simply because they weren't exposed to it, someone didn't bring it to them. And, yeah. you know, like now where people are somewhat intimidated or afraid to speak the truth to each other, I'm not, I, you know, I've been trying to investigate yeah. that for years. Of course, you see it in our kids when they're young and going through puberty, and it means so much to be liked by the right crowd or to be in the right crowd. And so you never want to say anything that makes people look at you the wrong way or not like you. Yeah, you understand that from, from uh, children in puberty or young teens, but adults, particularly older yeah. adults. You know, when you got to lose. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Was that person sending a paycheck to your house? Well, you got to lose <laughs> by not telling them the truth. You got everything to gain. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm going to give it a, a lot shot of people don't like to hear. Yeah. Huh? A lot of people don't like. A lot of people don't like to hear the truth. They they say they want to, but they really don't like to hear the truth because it's not what they want to. To live by, especially if it means it, it calls them out to right. be more responsible and more disciplined. People are not ready for that. So they, yeah. You know, and they, what do you think? They, what do you think keeps them from being ready? Let's go ahead and name that. I mean, I'm going to say fear right out. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say absolutely. that. Yep. I'm going to say that fear is almost at the top of the list. Now, sad to say, a lot of people don't even recognize how afraid they are of living in truth. See, mm-hmm. I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they would name that as afraid. Like you said, oh, man, that ain't nothing. Oh, man, I ain't going to do that. No, man, this is working for me. and That's what I'm doing. You know, and they, so, and they so glide to that familiar, to that get over street, to what they've been doing all the while that they don't really analyze it. They don't really take it apart until it's too far. Now, what you find is, yeah. of course, the shrinks and the rehab centers and the people who are trying to make some sense of these um, these just out-of-this-world level of addictions of heroin and, and, and drugs that will kill you, okay? Not not just yeah. make you high. Yeah, they'll just straight-out kill you. And, and so that is the point at which, you know, whether it's the 12-step uh, system for alcoholics or it's the step-by-step this for uh, giving up addictions, um, where they begin to, to slow it down, take it one step at a time, take, keep it simple, don't overwhelm yourself with too many expectations or demand too much of yourself or, you know, start pulling up some of your demons, but you can't pull them up all at once because you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have the tools to fight off 10 demons right now. You kind of got to fight them off one at a time. And so, you know, you're given the help of slowing things down and, and, and putting things in some type of process. But out here, when you just ride and pull it a post from here to here to here, and I, I'm sad to say that I know a number of those people, beloved. I know a number yeah. of people that are living in their car tonight that yeah. are living in their car tonight. 
a few, one in particular I'm thinking of, pregnant and living in a car. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pregnant and living in a car. And, um, and, and, and the thing about that is, which I think about a lot of times, is that, bless her heart, she was born addicted to crack because her mother was a crack addict. And you said, because you said, well, how could a person get so messed up in their thinking? Well, technically speaking, her biology was a little off when she came to the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, well, what is our treatment for that? You see, no one, one of us, and, you know, of course, me, I always want to help somebody. I'm like, well, maybe I can just go scoop her up and take her with me and give her some love and show her some other things and expose her to some things that she hasn't seen before. And, you know, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's all kinds of things that we have out here to deal with in the world, and I don't know why we keep moving as if we don't, because if we're not dealing with it directly, you pretty much can bet that one of your children or your grandchildren are. There's yep. just not much out here in the world that does not touch each of us in some way. This is what startles mm-hmm. me. You know, in a room full of people of color, if I say, well, everyone who knows anyone that is behind bars tonight, raise your hand, most everybody in the room is going to raise their hand. There just aren't situations anymore in our world that we are not all collectively experiencing, which is the first thing that, that really helped me understand that no one of us has an answer. No one of yeah. us is going to be able to, nope, that's why you had leaders. That's why you had a Dr. King and a Malcolm X and a, Mar- a Margaret Garvey because over and above that one person who was willing to stand out front and tell the truth, you had a number of people who was like, yeah, man, I'm with you because that is the truth and I'm willing to stand up for that. Now it's just you and me on the phone. You can't even barely gather people to a conversation. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really amazing, and yet, you know, all the while, if you pop it across Facebook, oh, they got a million things to tell you. (laughs) They got a million things to tell you, yeah, and so for me, it keeps the, the dream and the conversation with those forces, those unseen forces ever more riveting. I don't know, maybe it doesn't work that way for yeah, for other people, but I guess in the face of how amazing this is in the Earth School right now, I have deeper and deeper conversations with the unseen forces because I'm totally intrigued to know what is what are the next set of tools that we can use to help our people around us not only wake up, but like wake up and be able to stand up fully present in the truth. Mm-hmm. not in some diluted, candy-coated version of the truth. Well, you know what? What you're doing now, Ia, when you when you talk to people, either on an individual level or on a mass level, you're letting people know that there is something that they can do because so many people think they're powerless to do anything in their life other than yeah. accept what they've been given and to live with it. You know, it's like they're born, they live, and they die. But right it's now really it's like spirit is utilizing you and others to... Um, to let people know that this is not it. 
there is something that you have the power to um, to overcome, that you have the power to change. But it starts from within, and it's almost like that. Um, it's almost like the cult mentality or the cult way of life. You know, like when it, people are great to just follow, follow, follow. It's being broken down because every individual has to do that work for themselves. You know that inner work, because nobody yep. can do it for you. It's like taking nope. a leading a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Everybody has to do that work. So you have people like yourself that speak, and you talk to others in order to give them the encouragement and the empowerment to find that space within themselves. Do you know what I mean? To show themselves that they have gifts. But in your yeah. gifts coming out and you giving them to the world, that's how you allow others to know that they have those types of gifts that they can share with the world. Do you know what I yeah. mean? In order, this, this is the only way things are going to change, is when people see that we're, that we're more similar than we are um, separate. You know what Why? I mean? That we all have Why? something to offer and share. And there is, there has to be a change. But the change can only start within. And people are trying to grab so many people to come around and, and follow their point of view. But if you don't grab people in their minds for them to understand that they're empowered in some way, that no man can take from them, no matter who, what, where, when. Nobody can take yeah. that, empower, you know, that, that strength that you have from within. Nobody can take that from you. Nope. But if you don't even know that exists, you're powerless because you just think everything is external. So, you know, until, um, you know, I think spirit is just going to keep guiding people to keep reaching people in that level. It's like you change one, each one teach one, and um, each one teach one, and then keeping it going. Yeah, remember hope inspires motivation. And, you know, when I really just first came back from the wheelchair, I used to think, well, not used to think, I still think that I ideally, you know, looking at it through the eyes of the gods, the goddesses, that that's exactly what happened, you know, because on the day that the doctor stood at the end of the bed and said, well, you'll probably never walk again, well, that, I could hear it. I could hear it being spoken to me, but simply because it was said didn't mean that I had to take it as, adopt it as my truth, which I didn't. I mean, the exactly. second he said, yeah, the second he said it, you know, I just looked at him. I said, oh no, that that you don't know the God I I know, okay? <laughs> so mm-hmm. no, it. that might be what you have on your little clipboard to report to me today, but that is not the truth. And so, you know, when I do hand that level of yes, I can encourage you. Yes, I can speak to you about powers that you don't even know that you have on the inside because believe me, laying there absolutely still unable to do anything, I couldn't even lift my head. And yet everything in my being said, I will get up from here. Now, how I was going to do that or what it was going to take to do that, well, I didn't have all that. And, you know, I think that's part of that other Burger King mentality. It's kind of like when we want to believe the best or we want to think that we can overcome Mm -hmm. something or do something. Like we want everything that's going to make that happen to show up like right now. And if everything that that is needed to, to make that change is not fully present in front of us, then... Then we get discouraged. Then we feel mm-hmm. unempowered, you know, or powerless because we look around. We go, no, I, I can't get up out of this. How am I going to do it? Like the young lady in the car, <laughs> you know, how am I going to do it? And and it does come down to what do you believe about the God force inside of you? And again, another personal conversation when you go within and realize that. 
You're breathing in and out. <laughs> You're walking. You can see. You got a lot of faculties working for you, so obviously you and God are still connected. Obviously, unless you just think that there's some automatic switch inside of your body that happens when your eyes open in the morning. This is something much bigger than you that moves and has its being. And don't you ever want to ask that question, like, what else are we capable of? If I could do this, can I do that? You know what I mean? And I constantly do it. Constantly do it almost to a fault to a point where I have to go, okay, you might not want to take off on that much today. How about you how about you do baby steps today and give up a few of the giant steps that you just think you have to take today. And 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 you're right. I mean, people have really, really gotten watered down from even being able to take the baby steps or even knowing what the baby steps are. Yeah. This is something that we have to, I say, those of us that are Atukun, that are custodians of our culture and the customs and the traditions of the ancient ones, if, in fact, we are uh, going to complete the missions that we spoke to Olodumari, it'll be because we never give up. And I was thinking that, you know, between yesterday and today, because one funeral was in South Carolina and I was sitting in Atlanta, you know, I would say we'd be here till about Tuesday and by Wednesday we'd be in the mountains of North Carolina. And, you know, in the midst of that, our human, yeah, we get tired. And then yeah. we think on the Ita, they say, oh, you'll get very tired. You'll get very tired, but you will never give up your mission. And yeah, no truer yeah, no words were ever spoken because, believe it or not, I don't think I have the ability to give up or throw in a towel on a, a truly divine mission. Now, what is the difference between being in the acceptance of reality or pursuing a mission that is not going to go over the distance? Well, that's mm-hmm. wisdom, I think. That's discernment. That's wisdom. That's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. But what yeah. we know at the base of it is that if we stay in the constant conversation of truth, with ourselves, and we examine anything that even looks like a lie <laughs> that we might be telling ourselves, then we will always find that we are on the right missions, that we are never on, we are never trying to give ourselves any false mission, and if you are, you can be sure that you're going to find the root of that thing in your ego somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah which yeah, is what makes it great. Yeah, it makes it great in terms of our various initiations and rites of passage. I just finished uh, doing an Egypt book series with Chief Olayatan, which is great. Um, I bet you and I both can't wait till it comes out. He did one mm. on um, mm-hmm, one on ancestor veneration, one on rites of passage, and cultural restoration. And in doing that, I mean, really, they, he was saying that the e-book, when you go to do it, they put you through this whole training of, like, you know, what are the questions, how do you conduct the interview to really get the information that you want out that, you know, your target audience is looking for. And so, again and again, of course, you are repeating things, but you're repeating things in a way that, again, break this giant thing that people seem overwhelmed by break it down into you know step one baby step one <laughs> baby step two you know what I mean because again time and time again it's always told us that you have to be the ruler over the little things before you can become the master over the big things because it is the little That's things right. that become the larger things 
And so, you know, when we want to just, you know, do all of those monumental whatever, whatever, because it makes us feel powerful or it makes us feel like we have accomplished something or we get the recognition of others, you know, examine all that stuff. I can remember when that I really had to examine, like, you know, are you into some kind of martyrdom here? (laughs) Do you have something to prove here? And I really had to have that conversation with myself. Uh, being a little girl that my grandmother, was, she was quick to tell me, you do nothing for the applause of men, nothing. There's nothing that you will do in your life that is done just for the applause of men. And I'm so thankful thankful for so many things that, that my grandmothers and my aunties told me, but for sure that's one of them. Because it, it it not only does it sell yourself uh, a bag of lies and a false sense of something, some some level of importance, but it does very little to get the mission accomplished. If anything, it distracts you and takes you off the mission. Yeah. You know, you've got to deal with truth. Again, if you're going to look at what are our divine gifts that we came with, that we can develop ourselves um, within ourselves and not because we have to teach, as you said, an old dog and new tricks, but because you simply have to help a person remember. It's interesting, yeah. a lot of gatherings that, that I'm a part of, I always try to put that medicine in the beginning and the end of the gathering. Remember, remember that you we came to remember who you are. And as you go mm-hmm. away and you go back to a life that other people tell you you are, try to stay in the truth of who you remember yourself to be. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think those gifts that we were talking about it at the beginning of the of the show have everything to do with the difference between truth and a lie. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't find a gift. You ah, I might have to take that back. Sometimes people are caught up in negativity and things that are not true just actually to find their gifts. Look at all the people who have gone into incarceration and thought it was the worst day of their life until five or ten years later when actually their life was completely turned around and they were like, wow, if I hadn't had that experience, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't have accessed parts in myself that I didn't even know were there, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. That's when they tell you to make... Uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when we get to take adversity and 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 turn it into something that's very powerfully good for us. Yeah. And that's always been there, you know. I think when when I first um, heard about how it was the asp in Egypt that uh, Imhotep used to create so many remedies and cures for things that I thought, imagine that. Imagine something that you would take that was just straight out poison, but then when you whittle it down or put it in to a certain vibration, it becomes exactly what you need to heal. And, you know, I try to give that to people when angry words are spoken or like we were saying earlier, when, when there's just hurt feelings or negativity flowing between people is to just pause. (laughs) Everybody make a decision to choose your finest words from here. It doesn't mean that you're going to say something that's not true. You're just going to find a better way to say what is true. 
Absolutely. And it's just, yeah, it's just that little moment or pause that helps us. You know, I, I think about the places in this year where you and I are both taking a pause from the madness and the crowds mm-hmm. and the inputs, and we were all mm-hmm. the better for it. We were all yes. the better for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to, at this point, at the bottom of of, of uh, our second hour, I'm going to go over a few things, and I've been thinking a lot about you coming, funny that we're just we're on here. But I was thinking about how is it, because I just keep seeing you at Four Tribes for Peace, but I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I hope you're an invited guest, you know, uh, a guest that will come and be present for my um, my father's uh ancestral parade and feast, so that's a given. But then I thought about what if we, because they've been talking about like doing a night carnival or a night market um, in the Ville this summer where um, people could, you know, maybe have tarot uh, deck readings or shell readings or whatever because people, you know, come to do more than thump and bump and have a drink. And so... Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking that. I was thinking maybe that's the thing, is that some area for Tribes for Peace has many different um, divination systems from from many of the different cultures. Wouldn't that be, like, really interesting? You know what I mean? Like, yes, in the Native sure. American area, if there was a lodge where you could go in and sit with the medicine man or woman or an elder mm. and, you know, in the African section, you could go with a diviner or, you know, I thought yeah. that was pretty hot, so I, I'm just putting that out there. You you might run that up by your ancestors in your next conversation and say, well, what is it I'm supposed to be? Saying, Goma thinks I'm doing something at a four drives or piece. What is it that I <laughs> that I bring? What are the gifts that I am bringing to that ES festival? Because um, we're really, really, really looking forward to it. And for those who um, might want to know more. Um, of course, you can go to www.kindredofsangoma.org. Um, we are looking forward to uh, this week. We'll be up at the Firefly Gathering uh, right outside of Asheville, North Carolina, and um, really, really powerful uh, gathering. Um, probably, you know, it started off big from from just being in the Asheville area where other uh, gatherings started off, you know, maybe at 100 people or so. That that gathering, I think, started off at like 400 people. It is probably now 800 mm. to 1,200 people that passed through there in the four days. And so as a result of that, they don't want anyone to be bored, so they offer like easily, I think it's up to 200 different classes in any and everything that you could think of. Um, not just survival skills in the woods, but primitive skills, homesteading, um, a lot of things that for some reason, again, in those pile of lives that we can't make anything or do anything, we have to buy everything at Walmart, which is a lie. Um, you know, so I, I want to say to anyone in that area of North Carolina that um, that is this, uh, I believe it's Thursday through Sunday, the Firefly Gathering. You can look it up online. We'll be there and uh, pouring a couple of lodges. There are a couple more uh, Cherokee elders besides myself that will be pouring lodges. And I know Daniel Four is planning on being there with also some um, healing work for ancestral trauma. And 
you know, I could go on and on. There are numbers of people. Uh, Fuzz usually comes and uh, does bamboo crafts, which you'd be amazed. Look at all the bamboo we pass riding from place to place all the time. I know mm-hmm. I notice it. And and I guess yeah. when you've seen a full a full kitchen out of bamboo, you know, all of everything you eat out of, all of your utensils, your furniture, all made from bamboo, you go, Wow <laughs> Who knew? You know, and that you could do it so easily. So, um yeah. So that's a, yeah. a really great event. And, again, for those down in the South Carolina area, the uh, Oyo Twenty African Village is planning an Oduduwa Festival, which will, to my understanding, the Aba has declared it an annual festival that will always celebrate the seat of authority, which is the Oni of Ile Ife. And uh, then Yamaja Festival is right after that. Um, for those that always say, oh, we just don't have any more good rites of passage for our young girls. Well, that is an occasion where that's exactly what goes on. We worship all of the good uh, rituals and teachings that women should have on their passage from becoming little girls into women. And it's not just acquiring a baby daddy. (laughs) There are a lot more things involved in that passage from uh, from young woman or young man to uh, becoming a full, uh, standing in the full power of your womanhood, shall we say it that way. Um, So lots of good things uh, coming on on in uh, June, and uh, we pray that even though the uh, universe and the planets are in a real, real movement of parts uh, uh, through June and July through this summer, and the heat itself will do it. We um, we have to think how we are going to conduct ourselves, you know, because uh, I know you know because we're both in the Atlanta area, and this heat is real, ain't it? <laughs> Oh, yes. This heat is real when it can only be 90-something mm-hmm. degrees and you think it's 105. That's real. Yeah. 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 And I guess it doesn't get real for some people, you know, until there's a power outage or too much of us, uh, too many of us don't think about the energy that we use until too many of us have used it and then none of us have it. And uh, yeah. then you go, Wow. <laughs> Lot. You don't realize how addicted you were from moving from the air-conditioned house to the air-conditioned car to the air-conditioned job, you know, until some of that's taken away. And what are what are our uh, tools for bringing our body temps down and keeping us from getting heat stroke? Because it just seems more and more. And think about our elders. Can I say that out loud one time? Think about your elders that, uh, you know, don't have caregivers that check in on them in this heat. And whether they're air or they're, they have at least a fan, because it just seems like we're losing more and more elders in the winter and in the heat of the summer from sheer neglect, from, from sheer, the, the case like so many nursing homes and places where uh, our elders are put in now. Is that Do we have a call? Is that you, Brother Ken, saying we have a caller in there? Yeah. No, maybe Hello? Not. Hello. Well, we do. Welcome to Sister Queen's Rise and Shine. Who are we speaking with? Uh, my name is Miss Lisa. Miss Lisa? Yeah. 
Oh, wonderful. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And where are you calling in from this evening? Um, I live in Illinois, Chicagoland area. Oh. Wow. Wow. Interesting. And where are what you? brought you? Where are you? I'm in it. I'm in Atlanta. This is Sam Goldman, and we also have on the line uh, Her Grace Ifa Shade, who gives us our oracle at the top. I don't know if you were on at the top of the show, but our, our message for this week was about the gifts that we bring and remembering our divine gifts within ourselves and really encouraging one another to to bring and share our gifts more um, in the world. So no, we're down no, here. Just got on, but that sounds so good. Yes, well, thank you for calling in. Thank you for calling in, and and so um, tell us a little bit about what what drew you in. Did you just see it go by on Facebook? Oh no, I don't. I don't do social any kind of social media. I just saw rise and shine. I just thought that was beautiful, Buffalo Soldiers. I don't know. Oh wow! Well, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Those are those moments when we say the divine and our ancestors always have a plan. And so even though we think that, because we've had a couple of callers that just come in and they don't go through the normal way that we do the little promotions or marketing. Well, largely this week what we were talking about, I don't know how long you have been listening, is, you know, what do we do to move ourselves with both feet inside of the solutions that we know we have to do, we know is ours to do, just to feel like we we made a positive difference for our children and our children's children in the face of where we are in this world of of hate and violence and fear. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot of things to get over like that. You have any thoughts on that? Hmm? There's just the world has gotten so sick. I mean, it's just like I, I can't stand turning on the TV anymore. It's just mm-hmm. worse and worse every day. But you just mm-hmm. have to be positive, you know. I don't know. Like, I just feel like um, I've just been going through a lot. Both my parents died in the last six months. So I'm just kind of, I don't know, just kind of going through a lot. I feel you on that, and 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 I'm I'm sitting outside in my car, beloved, of a friend of 30 years. She and I share a grandchild, and uh, I was at a funeral yesterday. And to tell the truth, I've been at two or three funerals every weekend since February. And while both my parents left years ago, I really know I really know where you are, and um, it's an opportunity. And I said that to to many of the members there yesterday crying at Big Mama Margie's funeral. And I said, well, I know y'all ain't crying for Big Margie, are you? Because <laughs> she's fine. You yeah, must right. be crying yeah, for yourself. Yeah. yeah, you must be crying for yourself now that you have to begin to even think about walking in the shoes that Big Mama Margie walked in. You know, and so that's a little bit of it. I just want to share that with you that, wow, I mean, your mother, I I can't even describe that because when my mother left, I mean, literally for like the first month, like my my belly button felt different. I felt felt like like my whole anchor on the earth had left. But ultimately, I think you begin to really look at yourself differently, you know, while they're alive, you are someone's child and and even though you might be a grown adult with children of your own, it's it's 
a wonderful thing to have those over your head or your elders or those, as we said earlier in the show, that raised you because those are the people that nine times out of ten don't lead you wrong. And, and there's a certain sense of being left alone once they go on mm-hmm. to heaven and we're left yeah. here. Yeah. So well, uh, I, guess, that, that's, I don't know. It's probably not so much that, but it's just kind of sad because, like, um, when dad died, mom died six months later, so it was just a shock. And I think the yeah. shock of that, like, so close together, um, you know, I've been on my own many, many years and um, was under the influence of other people as well in my life. So I don't know if it was so much that, but just the shock that it was just kind of sad, you know, that um, just within six months that both parents left. But, you know, just dealing with a lot after it as well. So, yeah. Know, sisters and the house and I think there's a lot of stuff and I just feel like um, it's just a lot and I hope that God's with me. Sometimes I wonder because it's so difficult, you know. I do know. I said that earlier a minute ago, like you would think that because we're breathing, having come back from full paralysis, we're breathing and moving and have so many gifts and could see that we would never really feel separated from our creator or from God. But we do sometimes because we be like, I know, I know I've been having an ongoing conversation here lately. Like, okay, yeah. I, do I really have to do three deaths a week? I mean, this isn't people I hardly know. This is people either in my family or have related to me or very close to me. And it's almost like you have to reach for your next breath. It's so shocking. Like you say, the shock yeah. of it is. And so <clears throat> it's hard. But I think that. Number one, God is always with us and never leaves us, never, ever, ever, ever. Because unless, but, but he's you know, not I'm, answering to me. I, I've been asking him what to do, and I feel that I'm caught, that uh, I have situations and that I just don't know the answers right now. So I guess he's telling me just to wait and be patient, and it's a hard thing right. for me, you know, because the emotions after your parents die and, Right, and sometimes... I I have to sit and wait. I have to sit and wait because... Yeah, and be patient, learn patience. Be patient, yeah, because I don't want to, uh, you know, I've got got to do the right thing and help out and just do things the way they're supposed to be done, but um, there's a lot of chaos around me and just darkness. I just have to, I think, separate from it all and just kind of um, just wait for the answers because I feel that... um, he, they, they, they just, I'm not, I, I don't know pretty much, like I feel like it's out of my hands. There's not much I can do right now. That the death of them just happened so suddenly and just, I don't know. So I guess I just have to wait for the answers, right? Like I think sometimes you, you want the answers right away when you're going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. I said it just a minute ago, is the way that Burger King has spoiled us. You know, we're supposed to have it right now, and we're supposed to have it our way, when in fact um, that slowed down process where it thinks, where we get pushed to a point like you go, you get real clear that you're not in control, <laughs> that you're not in charge of anything. You get real clear about that. And then you say, well, what if I chose to just follow my bliss? What if I actually went toward that which does does my heart good today? If all I could do is, and what is that? Is that 
getting in my garden? Is that digging in the dirt? Right. Is that playing? Yeah, is that playing some music that my mother or my father really loved? Is that taking a oh, cowbone bath and getting away? Huh? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's what I did today. I went walking and I, I went to, you know, honor the Lord at church and, Yes. You know, just I think I think like just like you said, living in the moment and yeah, and it's a good thing. Well, but it's a good thing. It's not it's not so much smartness or intelligence, but think about it. Jesus really didn't have a home either, and yet and still he moved every day. Every day his foots were divinely ordered of the Lord, and he moved. To a different mission, you know what I'm saying, and so I think about that a lot. Not only Jesus, but Buddha, a lot of many prophets that have come and left from the earth, they weren't guided by the earthly, you know, agendas on the television or on the machines. They were guided by something from the inside, and I think that, you know, what you've been going through of that. And my standard still is nothing happening. What am I supposed to be doing is exactly what you needed to slow down enough to pay attention to the things that are really important. They didn't seem important a minute ago, but I bet right through here they're going to get really important because you have to have something that is truth in the midst of chaos because we are all sitting in amazing levels of chaos at this point. And to just get in that in that place where we can hear that still, small, quiet voice within. I don't know. To me, that's everything right through here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe believe that, too. um, You know, it helps a lot to realize that, that uh, things always happen for a reason, you know what I mean? Yes, they do. Everything happens for a reason. And when we don't understand God's time, and my grandma would tell me, don't try and get up in God's business because he didn't need your help to raise the sun up today. That's what she would tell me. You know, because she didn't like no little children to think they knew anything like that. And she said, well, I wonder what you're doing up in God's business today. He didn't need your help to raise the sun today. And it's so true. And sometimes we be... So how do you do that, though? Like, um... Because I try, like, sometimes I feel I mess with God's business, and it's kind of destructive for me, and I, I can't do it anymore, you know. And, I mean, yeah. the last three months since after my mother died, I feel like I've just, just went through so much with it all, and I, I just can't do it anymore because I what? can't mess with it, you know what I mean? So how yeah, do I do. Sometimes, like, not mess with it if you feel like you need to, like, you need to take well, well, you got to stop, and this was the point that uh, Grace and I were speaking of earlier. You definitely have to stop and ask yourself, is this mine to do? And if, and if you can't get a clear answer, an unction, something inside of, you know, your belly that, that leads you saying, no, I, I need to do this, and it might be a little hard for me to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. But then, like, like you were describing that, that point at which we're in stuff, and we don't seem to have any of the answers, I will clearly get to that point where I will say out loud, okay, this, this must not have been mine to do today because I don't literally know what to do. And I don't want to make matters worse than they are, so I think I'm going to stay on the pause button. I'll know when I'm supposed to start in this area again. Maybe there's something else 
that I should put my mind to instead of worrying over this thing that I don't know all right. the answers to or I can't do it. Maybe I'm over, maybe the reason I don't have 26 answers over here is because this is not what God was asking me to have my mind on today. Exactly. Oh, my God, you're so smart. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's your, is your name Queen Mother? No, beloved, I am not the queen mother. The queen mother, actually, in the course, this program started in January, and her husband, who is sitting there, the engineer, working how we do this, she went to heaven very suddenly on us. See how a mission can be done? Maybe about huh. two, three months ago. Mm-hmm. She, she she went to the and joined the ancestors herself. Oh. She, her name was Darlene Dawson. We miss her very much. And she was my oh. co-host as this show started on. So, no, I, I'm not. Yep, I'm the queen mother to 11 grandchildren, my 12th on the way. But I am not queen mother for real blog radio. That would what, have been what, Darlene Dawson. My name is Sangoma. And I'm sorry, kind of, that you're not on the the Facebook. But if you if you um, would like to to talk with us further in between the shows, um, you could go to Kindred of Sangoma. Sangoma is S A N G O M A, and it's Kindred of Sangoma at Gmail dot com. And so we'd love to hear from you again. Sangoma is okay. actually a tribe in South Africa. I don't say that enough when I say that name because sometimes when when things like the conversation we were having just happened, you know, the definition of a Sangoma is a diviner and or a healer that is led by his or her ancestors. So a lot of times I might not know, but I give thanks for one of my gifts that God gave me to be able to keep your your mother and father right close to me. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm convinced about that, beloved. I'm convinced that if if they if you couldn't hear what was the next part in your environment there in Illinois, by whatever means you came to this radio show and I could speak something to you that you know I didn't have any way of knowing, then you would know yeah. how close your parents Yeah, you do would you, know how close your Do you think they're in a better – do you think they're in a good place? They absolutely are. You see, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Isn't that what you learned? That's what I learned. Mm-hmm. To yeah, be absent I believe they're from in the heaven. body. I believe, and they're together, so that's the main. And they thing, are you know, together. Like, that's exactly right. Your mother no longer wanted to be in this place without her beloved, and so there's that. There's that. Yeah. You know, and and when you look around in our world, for God's sake, when you even look in the direction of Orlando today, you would say, yep, and she was right to say so. If she had a choice, and I said that to someone else's mother who left, oh, my sister-in-law across the street, she left about two weeks ago. And very suddenly, very suddenly. You have to. No, I've really gone to two to three funerals since they found my cousin dead in Buffalo on February 17th. Like, my birthday was the 26th of February, and by the 27th I was in Buffalo because I was his last living relative to take care of that. And from that moment on, they've been coming in twos and threes every week. And so mm -hmm, my sister-in-law across the street, you know, my husband's brother's wife and his and his brother left very suddenly many years ago, just came home one night and got on the treadmill and then backed off the treadmill and sat on the couch. And we all thought Hank was taking a nap and Hank had gone to be with the Lord and his wife uh, uh, just just that quick. 
You know, I saw her at graduation. Wow. We both have grandchildren. Yeah, so I was at graduation at the school on Thursday, and by Saturday night after my granddaughter's high school graduation, I'm seeing the ambulance on, the, not even the ambulance, a fire truck. And when I saw the fire truck and didn't hear no sirens, I knew right then because I know she had been having a little heart trouble. I said, something's up with Mary. And by the next morning, yeah. they said that she had already stopped breathing. They weren't going to keep her on the respirator, and she was gone. And I love her oldest. Yeah, I love her oldest daughter so much, so much. And I, I, I said to her, to her, I said, beloved. Now let me tell you something. Much as we're gonna miss your mother, do you understand that if God and your daddy came knocking at her door, much as she loved her children, that was a no-brainer for her. She was gonna go with God and her husband. That was like a no choice. And I would say the same thing about your mother. Yeah, in yeah, some cases. Know, but, I mean, but it also makes me realize that, like, kind of, that you just have to appreciate life. It's short. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You never know. Look at all this tragedy around us. You know, that's the other thing that, that's made me so sad, and that's why I just go to church a lot and stuff, because I just think the world's gone mad, and that yeah. something, something is just getting worse and worse, and I just feel like, yeah, all you can do is go to temple, pray, and just try to be a good person. But it's really getting out of hand. Like today with the Orlando thing, yeah. I mean, this is like it seems like it's getting worse and worse right before the election. Wow! Did you read the Book of Revelations? <laughs> no, I read the Book of Revelations because my grandmother, as a when I was a young child, she said she took me to the second chapter and said, "You see, it says here, blessed is he who reads here." And so, you know, give thanks for old people like that that told me to live every day as if it were my last. Mm -hmm. Because the old and the sickest are not nearest to the grave. And so this is, and this is what gives us that peace to choose our finest words and give as much of our heart as we can and be the best person that we can be in every moment. Not when it's all peaches and cream and everybody's smiling, Mm -hmm. but in those tough moments, like this morning in the gas station where a woman just came whipping around the corner and literally almost ran me over. It made about (laughs) 10 years off my life because I've never really had a car come at me that fast in a gas station. I mean, you know, if you cross the street, you might think so. But who drives to a gas station to a 60 miles an hour? Right. Right, like people are crazy. They're out of control. They're out of control. I noticed that driving. Yeah. They are. There's really something on the edge. And so, you know, these are the times. You said exactly right. You know, they told you, you pray without season. You watch and pray. You've got to be aware. And you've got to be aware around you because there are so many crazy people. And it's just... It's really out of control. Do you think it might get better? Oh, I do think it's going to get better. I do think that whether, you know, our beliefs are around the second coming of Christ or whether it's about the golden age or the age of Aquarius. I mean, you know, so many people in so many traditions have so many ways of saying how we pass through this dark time, but we are going to mm-hmm. pass through it. Yeah, we are going to pass through it. And, and, and the way in which we pass through it is is what counts for our children and our grandchildren because, you know, nothing you or I do can we take with us. They're going to put us in the box and that's going to be it. So every day I wake up with that goal of let me do the best that I can for the sake yeah. of my children and my grandchildren because they will inherit whatever world is left for them. 
Yeah. You have a great attitude. Well, I love God. I do. I love God. And maybe it's because I have personally knocked at death's door so many times and it wasn't my time. And here we are still here. And we knew that we didn't get to leave until our mission is up. And I don't, you know, my only mission is to do whatever it is that divinity has for me to do today. And, you know, it's less stress that way, I just will say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wally, while you're yeah. out there thinking of what you're supposed to do to be a good person, you waste a mm-hmm. lot of time. But when you just get up in the morning and say your prayers and ask what it is that God mm-hmm. will have you to do for today, it, it becomes so easy and so light. It is that mm-hmm. peace and that joy within. And and I just love living that way. I love it much better. I used to be a news mm-hmm. reporter running around, you know, chasing all them stories like what went on in Orlando today. Mm-hmm. Boy, am I glad I don't do that anymore, you know? Yeah, right. That wasn't a way. No, I'm so glad I don't do that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a way <laughs> to have high blood pressure and heart illness right. and all kind of things. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. I'm, I like it much better working for God. Really, I do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I, so like, I, I, I agree in. with that. I agree. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I hope that I hope that you have a week filled with joy, my beloved. It's like two mm-hmm. minutes until we go off the air, so I wanted to be sure to say to you, I hope you have a week filled with joy. And, and you know, when in doubt, go water the plants or smile or sit by a yeah. tree or wake up real early and talk to the birds <laughs> like it is something to do. Don't feel like do it's know? nothing to how do. do it is how something do you know to do. That, how do you know that that is me? I'm like Miss Nature. I'm always out in nature or I'm watering the plants or I'm talking to yep. the birds, like Snow White with the birds. That's yep. kind of me. You know how she's yep. to feed them and... I mean, I wouldn't like know, totally. honey. See the see the thing of it is, is that the person I wouldn't know, but the fact that I'm sitting out here and I know that by you calling means that your your parents came very close to this vibration, and and sometimes that's the way that God uses me. That people in heaven will speak to their beloveds through me. It's not me, because I couldn't know that. I never met you in my life. So, you know, but it's all good. It's all good. Just know that you needed that confirmation. You needed to know that they were in a good place and that they're smiling down on you and that you are so loved and protected by them. You are never alone. Never alone. So with that, I'm going to say if you want to join us next week, do so, because in about 30 seconds we're not going to be on here anymore. We'll be out of time. And uh, uh, Your Grace, it's always a pleasure to have you on the call with us, and we're thankful for that wonderful message of the gifts that we bring and share. And uh, until next week, this is Sister Queen's Rise and Shine. Peace.